This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. The following episode of TOFOP is rated MA for mature audiences. It may contain sexual references, time travel references, allegations of bin misconduct, and mild coarse language. TOFOP advises that this episode is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who thinks a comedy conversation between two old mates sounds like a terrible idea for a show. Minors must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax. This is Dofop. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. And Charlie, you have brought over the Roadcaster Pro. Thank and you, again, Roadcaster. Yeah, okay. Did they give us... They gave it to us for gratis. For gratis. Gratis. That's Latin for free shit. Okay. So they gratis gratis us up. They made us the subjects of their gratification. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so <laughs> they didn't give me one, though. Well, they, they gave just us. they just sent yeah us, which means you. Yeah. <laughs> they gave you one, and you've brought it over. We normally just record on my old fashioned Zoom, but my trusty old, old Zoom, Zoom. your wind up bloody uh, steam operated <laughs> podcasting. You know equipment. what I'm going to say about my poor old Zoom. Firstly, it has been like the fact that its name was Zoom before the popular app of 2020 Zoom came along makes me feel bad for my original Zoom, particularly now because when I have to explain to people I'm going to record it on my Zoom, they think I'm recording it over Zoom. And I'm like, no, no, no. Before Zoom, this thing that everybody thinks is the original Zoom, there was actually a Zoom before the Zoom who obviously did not trademark their name and then another company called Zoom came along. I assume they're not related, right? It's it's like there was a terrible folk band called The Beatles, spelt B-E-A-T-L-E-S. And everyone's like, have you heard The Beatles? Like that horrible folk band? The guy plays the big uh, jug? No, they're terrible. I'm like, no, the new Beatles. Or it'd be the other way around if you were just like, I finally got that album I wanted by that band I love (laughs) who sings She Loves You, yeah, 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 yeah. And then it's just some horrible folk music. (laughs) And you're like, hang on, oh, B-E-E, I see the mistake that I've made. Well, the original Zoom, the trusty old Zoom, and here's what I will say about the fucking Zoom, Charlie. All right, say it. And I can say this because Roadcaster did not send me my own (laughs) Roadcaster Pro, is that it has served me well. Like thousands of hours of podcasts that I have done have mostly all been recorded on this little Zoom, and it pretty much just does the job. It's all I need, and it's pretty easy to understand, and it's pretty adaptable but there is no doubt that when you come over tonight, as you have done, because we're going to uh, make a call in the middle of this. Oh, man. I mean, it sounds like my, we're on radio. We can hear each other through headphones. My Zoom, like, I, it, it, this is making me hate my Zoom. <laughs> the fact that I can even see my Zoom while we're, like, this feels like we're cucking my Zoom. Or, We've invited my Zoom over and we're going to make my Zoom watch us enjoy this te- this advanced technology much more than we enjoy it. Well, is it more like Terminator comes out, it revolutionizes not just sci-fi, but horror as well, makes a star out of Arnold Schwarzenegger. But, you know, it's fairly rudimentary in the way it was put together. And then 10 years later, eight years later, T2 comes out. Suddenly there's a liquid metal guy, there's Guns N' Roses, it's a whole lot slicker. But purists will often go back and say, well, yes, but Terminator was where it was born. That was where the spirit of this thing was born. And the roadcaster wouldn't exist without the Zoom. That's right. Right? We needed to learn to walk before we could run. Yeah. And the Zoom helped us to walk. 
Well, the problem is, much like in my real life, <laughs> I can't run anymore. I've just been walking. I've just been shuffling along on my old fucking Zoom. And then you bring over this Roadcaster Pro, this... Amazing. It's like a time machine. Now, do you reckon... Just I say, mean, though, I don't know if it sounds as good to the people listening <laughs> to this as it sounds to me, but you have never sounded better on this podcast. Do you think that if, to say, Roadcaster were to send you one tomorrow, we love Velocity, yeah. here's your own Zoom how long would it take you to work out how to use it? Uh, I mean, you saw me setting up and plugging things in and aligning it with my computer and stuff. Like how... Left to my own devices, I would never learn how. <laughs> <laughs> Much like with my car that I've almost had for a year and I'm still guessing what most of the buttons do in my car, even though there's a little convenient book that I could just read in the glove box. Uh, I imagine that I would learn the rudimentary stuff, but because you've already learnt it, mm. I think that you could teach me in a way that I would understand. So I think I could catch up to you reasonably quickly. Yeah, but, well, the, if you were willing to. Well, let me say this: me. Will the roadcaster is free, the labour is not. <laughs> That's what you're paying for. It's going to have to be a philosophy uh, tier. <laughs> like, how do I pay for Charlie to show me how to use a roadcaster? <laughs> we start doing a lot of internal invoicing yeah. within the company. <laughs> It's just like, feels like Will shouldn't have invoiced. Charlie, he had to pay Charlie $20,000 to, to teach him how to use a roadcaster? We do have to invoice. That's the weird thing. Like now that we are actually kind of like having to pay people and, you know, pay each other and work out what we're doing with advertising dollars and stuff like that. Because I ran past with my accountant and I was like, I can just give them some money, right? And he's like, no, no, they have to invoice you. And it's like, it feels so weird. <laughs> it feels so weird getting an invoice. From, you know, you. I don't know. There's something strange about it. Well, here's what I'm going to tell you about the invoicing process. I don't know how to invoice. So the first invoice that you uh, got me to do, which was like, you know, three months ago or whatever, you know, we finally, after 10 years of doing this podcast at the end of a quarter, had enough that we could invoice the fucking show. And it wasn't a lot of money. No, but it, it was something. But it was some money. And I am grateful for some money, particularly in a year like 2020. And so um, it embarrassed me in that moment <laughs> because the podcast doesn't go through my manager's books, right? They've always, very generously, I have actually have a pretty standard deal with my manager, which is they just get a, a set percentage of every bit of money I earn. But because this thing... Even they knew this wasn't really going to earn any money. <laughs> they were just like, we can't take a percentage of what essentially is his hobby. <laughs> right? And so it's never been anything that they've been involved in. So it's not We like own half his billy cart. Yeah. It <laughs> <laughs> should just look like your billy cart's got like token sponsors yeah. all over the side. Yeah. You know at Christmas when you built that snowman? <laughs> we own 15% of that snowman. <laughs> Tofop, the Billy Carter podcasts. So essentially for 10 years, they've just like Tofop is, I reckon it's like a classic old card that you just fiddle with yep. like on the weekend. You know, I like just, you know, lying on my little, uh, you know, uh, whatever you call it, like a hammock. No, I mean, I was thinking the equivalent of like rolling, one of those sort of rolling trolleys that you, that you lay on under it. your car. What would that be called? Just like a, a, a back trolley. I get on a trolley. <laughs> I get on some sort of trolley. I get off my trolley. That's a yeah. very different process. <laughs> but like laying down, tinkering underneath. Yeah. They've left me to my own devices, which means that also they normally invoice people for work that I do. Right. So that first time three months ago where you were like, hey, can you send me an invoice? I was just like, 
I'll get Amy to show me how to do it. And so she got, like basically dummied up a basic invoice. But then when it was, you know, this month as well, I was like, you know what? I better actually work out how to do this. This properly. I don't want to get in some big tax problem because of my fucking broken down car in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> what are all these billy cart expenses? <laughs> you own $20,000 to the government because you didn't pay your billy cart tax. And so... I uh, messaged my, you know, accountant, my bookkeepers, and I said, like, you know, this is this is what's going on. You know, what do I need to put it under for taxation purposes? Can you dummy me up an invoice? And then the first invoice they dummied up, I gave them the amount of money, but then they added the GST. And my understanding was that the amount of money that you'd said was like the... That was inclusive of GST. Inclusive of GST. Yeah. And so I tried to do the maths. Oh, it's the worst. To work out how you take a thing and then take 10% off or whatever and like put your G. And I should be able to do that. But I just had to write back to my bookkeepers <laughs> and say, well, you've, you've misunderstood me. What I really need is for you to change this one detail, but some maths that I cannot do. You didn't think of calling Spence. He's not your go-to guy when it comes to numbers. I mean, we needed him last week when we declared our TOEFL twelve, our twelve most macho listeners, and then on recount. And I listened back to it because I'm like, how the fuck do we get this wrong? And it was completely my fault. I did. I, I remember the moment. I did a card trick. Yeah. I basically. You I, just said that I minus two you, and yeah. plus one. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember at the time, like honestly, and this is not me rewriting history. I remember at the time thinking. I don't think that Max checks <laughs> yeah. out. And yet I was just like, no, Charlie wouldn't be misleading. I just went with what you said. And it proved, as you said, how easy magic is or how yeah, easy a being a con tricks. man or yeah. any of those things are. Because I thought that I knew what was going on. And then in just one quick detail, you just moved on. And I was like, well, yep, I assume that's true. Well, isn't there a basic like con that goes like you say, hey, can you break this 20? Mm -hmm. And then they give you two tens. And you say, actually, and then you swap the notes back. And the idea being that you keep changing the amounts and then you steal like an extra five bucks or whatever it is on top. It felt a bit like that. I was just throwing numbers around and you were just nodding like you're nodding now and going, yeah, I guess, I guess that makes sense. Uh, so yes, it's actually, it's, it's a, to, it's a TOEFOP dirty baker's dozen. That's what I'm liking to call it. If we on, add but a, a baker's dozen is 13. If we add ourselves oh, we're in. back in. Okay. Otherwise, because I was thinking about it because I love the hashtag TOEFOP12. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't have to give that up, but... I mean, it is perfect TOEFOP, right? That the TOEFOP 12 does not actually contain 12 people. No, the TOEFOP 12 is 11. Yeah. <laughs> One of the many confusing details of listening to this is your entertainment fucking choice. <laughs> Just like the canon of this show. Like this would be the only show where the canon, the things that we've said are true, are completely untrue. <laughs> TOEFOP fact. <laughs> It was a hashtag for a while. Uh, Will, you mentioned um, oh, that we're on the Roadcaster Pro because we wanted yes. to dial someone in. Now, this is uh, if you've been listening to this show for the past few weeks, you know that Will and I have been doing it together. Mm -hmm. So ordinarily, when we're doing it you know, down the line, um, Podcast Mike jumps on and just to coordinate things. But we haven't seen him. We've heard him on our – well, we've seen messages from him on our, on our WhatsApp, but we have not seen him. And he's been teasing a head-turning mm. outfit, which was going to debut last week, but there was some stuff up. He hadn't clicked uh, send on the checkout or, yep. or something like that. Hadn't clicked buy so, on the thing that he was buying. <laughs> I think that was the stumbling block. <laughs> he fits right in on this show. <laughs> so what we thought we'd do um, as a real special treat is uh, introduce the uh, TOEFOP audience to podcast Mike. But 
We're going to do it live. We have not seen what he's wearing. We're just going to dial him up on Skype. And so what you're going to hear is our actual reactions wow. and descriptions. And you're going to hear from Mike as well. So should uh, we dial him in? Let's dial him in. Okay. Here we go. All right. Oh, my screen is very, very... Wow. Okay, it's ringing. All right. Hello, Podcast Mike. Let people Hello. hear your beautiful, beautiful, silky tones. Hello. Thank you for uh, having me on the show. It's a pleasure to uh, finally join the on-air team for once. Now, tell me, this uh, head-turning outfit, you're not wearing it now, are you? <laughs> because... Yeah, I, I am currently wearing it. <laughs> you are currently wearing your head-turning outfit. Now, Charlie, I, I, what I'm, I'll describe what I'm seeing at the okay, moment. Yeah. Firstly got no idea what that poster is behind podcast mike there some is some kind of escher type thing a guy jumping hurdles or something no do you, this is a, uh, a a temple in kyoto called the fushimi inari shrine and it's a thing that i got when i was in in japan a few years ago oh look at that oh, okay. well traveled well, a man of the world yeah. -da. <laughs> notice it's the only thing on the wall which is clearly put there for the purposes of this call to make himself seem more sophisticated now, how can we mock a man for his outfit <laughs> when he's a man who clearly at some stage in his life has been to Japan and that's why it's not going to be offensive when he's dressed in a kimono that's what I was going to ask <laughs> I've actually... is there some is there some kind of clue in the artwork no there is no clue in the artwork but what I will say is I realise that I've accidentally totally overhyped the outfit uh -huh. <laughs> perfect but, on but, brand but that's because I didn't think that it was going to become a I thought it was going to be an off-air thing I didn't ever think it yeah. was going to be an on-air thing uh, hang on <laughs> hang on come on Will I think we need to go to the transcript can yeah. you please go to the WhatsApp and look up what the message was because there is no way you can tell us that Oh, hang on. I thought it was going to be a little off-air joke. You were putting sizzle on this. You said that, that it's going to be a head-turning head -turning outfit, right? Yeah, but that was for the off-air team. Not for the... It wasn't supposed... It was <laughs> never supposed to be on-air. It was never how, supposed to get to on-air. <laughs> how easy do you think it is to turn our heads? We're not a couple of rubes here. We I, spent 10 weeks talking about fucking bins, mate. Yeah. <laughs> we are desperate for content. And you also edit the show, and so you've heard us speculate yeah. on Ziggy Stardust and, like, all kinds of outfits. Mm. So... Didn't you? Didn't that put some kind of pressure on you to go? Well, shit. Maybe I'm just wearing. I was going to wear a t-shirt, but maybe I should put a little more effort into this head-turning outfit. I instantly regretted it when I heard it come on the show, and then I didn't think there was a way to like subside the expectations. So, I guess it just is what it is at this point. <laughs> I mean, the easiest way would have been for you to just tell us that you'd overhyped it and then you could have cut it out. You're literally the person <laughs> yeah. in charge. I mean, who, who could do something to fix this? He said as he looked around the room, there is no one. It would be impossible for anyone to both have contact with Will and Charlie and have access to editing the podcast. In fact, there would be only one person. One person. I mean, I'm fascinated by the psychology of this. Is this... Yeah. The fact that you felt that you couldn't back out of this, mm. is this your commitment to showbiz? Is this more of a kind of we peer pressured you mm. too much? Like, you know, what's going on? No, it's it's neither of those. Like, I actually think the outfit, I think you'll <laughs> like it. I think you'll think it's cool. But it, he head turning was the wrong choice of term. Well, yeah, here's yeah. the thing. Uh, you know what I'm picking up a little? Yeah, I'm, I'm very interested to see it. And uh, okay. up until this point, 
we should point out that Mike has been like leaning forward, <laughs> <laughs> concealing like whatever it is that is on his t-shirt or whatever it is that he's going to like reveal. Like a it. self-conscious 13-year-old girl that's just come back from summer camp. He's leaning forward with right. his arms across arms his crossed. chest. <laughs> yes, very much like someone trying out their first sports bra. <laughs> he is leaning, concealing everything from us at this point. Here's, right, what, here's okay. what I'm hearing, Charlie. Yep. Podcast Mike, as a lot of people might know, under his guys Radio Mike, did some, uh, you know, has done some incredible work with a couple of fellas that people might have heard about, called Hamish and Andy. Hmm. And what I'm picking up is that the way that Podcast Mike was unable to back out of this felt like he would be in some way, like punished. Right. You know, I believe he might be in an abusive relationship yeah. with Hamish and Andy. <laughs> I believe that if he brings up something and then backs out of it, they like waterboard him or something. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Hamish and Andy rented a room at Guantanamo Bay and they send producers <laughs> who don't get on board with one of their stunts over there and they torture them. That's what I'm hearing. Well, success comes at a price. No, well, <laughs> sacrifice. Some sacrifice. people have got to sacrifice. I will say I've I have worked in many teams in my short career, and I've always had a very positive experience with every show or team I've worked in, including this one. So thanks again, guys. <laughs> uh, I, I thought there was going to be a but no, at the end of that there's, sentence. There's no but. There is no but. <laughs> that sounded like you were reading from a pre-prepared statement. <laughs> All right, should we uh, yeah. should we get to it? So, yes. um, I mean, I don't have a drum roll sound effect, but uh, ladies and gentlemen, in. imagine in your minds, are your podcast mic will put a drum roll in because, as Will's pointed out, he's in control of the show. Literally the only person who can make the decisions. And neither of us are listening back, so yeah. we'd never fucking you never know. know. <laughs> we'd be bringing it up weeks later and everyone's like, I don't understand what, what the they're referring they're to. Wow, that's well, keep that in mind, podcast mic. If we ever shit you, just yeah. know that you can edit out whole chunks of the show. We'll right. never listen back and we'll look like idiots when we keep bringing it up for weeks. Well, the great news will be, instead of repeating ourselves, we'll actually be saying things for the first time. <laughs> that's a good point. All, All right, right, Mike. Here we go. Ready? I got a Tofop t-shirt. Oh, uh, yes! Uh, <laughs> okay, uh, I, I, and it took me a while yeah. to choose which one, but I've got... Well, do you want to describe it to the listeners? Yeah, I believe it's from the cult of Tofop. It's the uh, fireball with the gloved hand reaching out, holding up mm. a cassette tape with the Tofop episode number scrawled on it. Well, I know this because I have exactly the same t-shirt i'm not wearing it now i'm wearing a different you are wearing t-shirt. a tofop t-shirt this means two-thirds of the podcast right now are wearing <laughs> tofop merchandise i don't think there's any other room in the country where two-thirds of the people are wearing merchandise from our podcast than just on our podcast this now seems like the most clumsy setup to a bit of shilling a bit of product placement but i'm fascinated so you and i bought the same t-shirt without consulting Oh, did so, you buy yours recently, Charlie? I bought no, I bought mine about six months ago. Okay. But when I was looking through the designs, that was definitely the first one to catch my eye. I was like, mm. "Oh, it's cool," because I'm a bit um, apprehensive about wearing Tofop merch. It hasn't happened yet where I've had anyone come up and go, "Hey, you're the guy from the show that you're wearing a t-shirt about." <laughs> You've seen our numbers. You know that's yeah. unlikely to happen. <laughs> Very unlikely to happen. <laughs> so I try and choose stuff that is not like that. that that's a bit. bit uh, where the Tofop, uh, the, the title is kind of buried or hidden, it's, that's not the first one that's going to take your attention. And that one, I think, is is one of Fosdyke's best. Mm. And it's got, like, I think I was drawn to the cassette tape. Like, it's got a uh, 
almost like a Guardians of the Galaxy. You know that the cassette in that? I think I just thought of that a bit and and I kind of wanted to buy it because of that. Just made a connection. Right. So you did, yeah, so you mostly didn't want to buy it because it was a Tofop t shirt. Yeah. You mostly wanted to buy it because you liked the movie Guardians of the Galaxy. No, I also would point out that you're saying it looks like he uh, Foz stole it from the Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy. We're currently being slapped with one cease and desist by the AFL. <laughs> Don't get Marvel onto us as well. Oh, we'd be fucked if Marvel came our way. They'd just buy us and repurpose the show. They'd probably put Paul Rudd and, yeah. I don't know, and Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd talking to Paul Rudd. It'll be the most successful podcast in the entire world. <laughs> the Rudcast. Now, big question, yes. podcast Mike. Has it turned heads? Has it, in fact, yeah. turned heads? I. This is actually the first time I've worn it. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, well, it only... It arrived, uh, like, on Friday, I think, and uh, I just didn't want to put it on until you guys saw it. So this is the first time. I will wear it out tomorrow. And just see what where? response it gets. Where, where are you going to go tomorrow? Um, I'm actually, I'm actually staying. I'm just staying home tomorrow. Actually, so <laughs> <laughs> next, next time I go out, next time I go out, I'll wear it for sure. Though um, I also bought a um, I actually also bought a uh, Simpsons themed T-shirt that says, that has a cassette tape as well that says "Can I Borrow a Feeling," which is a Kirk Van Houten reference for all the Simpsons Tofop fans out there. So, um, can I borrow a feeling is remarkably, hang on, I'm just going to reach to a box behind me, which is um, a box that keeps just general knickknacks in it. It's my knickknack box. Knickknack box. And I'm going to take some of those knickknacks out before I uh, reveal what it says on the top of the knickknack box. But um, you probably won't be able to read this, but Charlie, I'm going to get you to read the inscription in like gold inside this little uh, box here and you can show it to a uh, podcast mic. It says, can I borrow a feeling? Oh, really? There you go. That, now that, that really takes this whole thing full circle, doesn't it? Right. Yeah, it you was... know what? That's a real head turner. <laughs> what just happened? Turn my head. Uh, Mike, we also wanted to get you on the show just to say uh, second to last episode of Tofop for 2020. Thank you so much. You've slotted into the show seamlessly, made us sound even better than we ever thought we could. Mainly the roadcaster, but you as well. Yeah, no, definitely you. And um, mate, can I say also, you obviously work with me very closely on philosophy and uh, you've been doing an incredible job and it's very nice to have you as part of our uh, ragtag organization. And uh, I want to ask this question. So you're out in yeah. public a couple of days from now. Yeah. You, you, what? Just give me an example of what it is that you might be doing once you're out and about. What, what sort um, of environment might you find yourself in? Going for a coffee with a friend. Okay. Going okay. To, so yeah. you're in, going for a coffee with a, a Melbourne, friend. famous for its coffee. Famous. Yeah. You're, you're probably in some laneway. Yeah. Having a coffee with a friend. Yeah, white stripes are playing. And then literally in the corner, <laughs> Jack White and Meg White have reformed and they're just playing in the corner doing He's covers. built a guitar yeah. out of a couple of Vegemite tin. Right, while he was in quarantine. Yeah. And he's two weeks in quarantine. He's He's got back together with Meg. She just happened to be coincidentally quarantining in the same hotel. Yeah. He's built a guitar out of old toilet rolls. And Vegemite. And written an entire album and they're performing it for the very first time in the corner of your cafe. And Jack White or anybody else in that cafe comes up to you and says, "Hey, man, I like that T-shirt. What, mm. what, what's, what's, what's that about? And what, what do you say? What is your answer yeah. to that?" I well, I'd say, well, this is a T-shirt 
based on the podcast Tofop. It's one of the oldest podcasts in Australia, as in one of the longest running, and it's a great podcast. Tofog, they say, Jack White says. No, Tofog, uh, no, Russell no, Crowe's band. Tofob. Yeah. I play with it's Russell Crowe. <laughs> it, it, it stands for, uh, it's based on the Russell Crowe band, and it stands for 30 odd foot of pod. Which I actually, I do have to answer that question a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe we asked, uh, uh, we've asked a lot of people, like, how do you describe the show? What do you tell people when they ask you what's Tofop about? Yeah, what's it about? What's the show? It's a a great catch up between two mates and... (laughs) Fucking hell. (laughs) It sounds worse. Aren't all podcasts a bit like that though? (laughs) Most shit ones, yeah. It's like your general shit podcast, two middle-aged men nattering on about nonsense. No, it's a really good podcast, Jack White, and uh, you should listen to it and uh, have a really good time. And and then, as you guys always say, stop, go work backwards and stop when you feel uncomfortable. <laughs> Some things are sinking in. It's good. I'm glad. Now, Mike, you have your own podcast. Do you want to give it a quick yes. plug? Oh, yeah, uh, that'd be great. Thank you. And and thanks, both of you, for your kind words before. It's been an absolute pleasure to join the team. So I, I'll just respond to that. Oh, by um, the way, and- um, we're just letting you know, uh, we're letting you go. Um, yeah, that, was the other, that was the other well, thing. Well, that's I- awful. <laughs> and and, and Tofop is a is a great organisation to work for, despite what uh, Will and Charlie would lead you to believe. <laughs> I have a podcast, uh, which is called 20th Century Boy, and it's just me. Kind of, it's kind of like this podcast, except there's one less person. It's just me, and I just talk about stuff uh, that I do. And like, if that's not the worst description for a podcast ever, then I don't know what is. But uh, that's uh, my I, podcast. No, I've got, I've got a nomination. It's like a chat between two old friends. <laughs> <laughs> and what about the Harry Potter one? I've seen that online a fair bit too. Yeah, I, I just launched a uh, Harry Potter fan fiction podcast called Harry Potter and the Boys. It is a fan fiction podcast. Uh, where I read out fan fiction that I wrote when I was 13 years oh. old. And it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. I'd, I, I'd love to have you both on at some point if you were interested. Um, you don't need to know anything about Harry Potter to be on it. Well, so, that's, that's me for sure. Open invite. Well, I've seen that Harry Potter play twice and never seen... I think I've seen one of the movies or two of the movies. Never read any of the books, but I've seen that play twice. It was fucking amazing. I mean, from what I understand of the Harry Potter universe, J.K. Rowling is universally loved. Universally loved. Not controversial at all. No, as long as you don't read anything she wrote after Harry Potter. <laughs> That's uh, that's pretty ad- accurate. And uh, one of the taglines for my Harry Potter podcast is that it's the best thing from Harry Potter since the last Harry Potter book. So you can <laughs> listen and find out for yourself. But yeah. All right. Uh, before we let you go, podcast, Mark, I've just turned up the volume on the soundboard. I can't remember what buttons do what. So I'm just going to randomly oh, press yeah. one and, and whatever comes out. This is what this is. Oh, yeah. What I, we, I understand. Yeah. What we think of you. Oh, sorry. Did you do that on purpose? <laughs> no. I honestly don't. Hang on. Give you... okay. There you go. Hey, there, you go. there you go. Thank you. Podcast Mike. Have a great night. Thank you very much, guys. There you go. Wow. Podcast Mike. I head wonder... turning? Did you head turn? I think it was the, the, a poor choice of words. That's uh, what would I have said? It's like, I'm going to wear something in a couple of weeks. You may find a little surprising, beguiling embarrassing confrontational <laughs> i mean what is it like if you were i don't know, okay so you uh a friend of yours said hey uh, roy and hg 
<laughs> doing an OB. Yeah. Do you want to come sand like in the studio while they're recording? And you're like, I've got a Roy and HG t-shirt. <laughs> How do you describe what the what that might be like for those guys? Weird. Weird. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to put on an outfit next week. You might find a, a weird. little weird. <laughs> but I don't think it is weird because you and I often wear Tofop merch. Uh, when we're recording this show, not by design. It's just that we both seem to own a lot of it. Yeah. And it's a sort of like t-shirt that you can wear in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> you're like in front of other people. You're sort of like, yeah, only Will will not judge me for wearing this t-shirt. I mean, I guess like there are some bands, you know, like the Ramones or Van Halen or whatever, who have a logo that's so kind of like Guns N' Roses. Yep. Wu-Tang Clan. Wu-Tang Clan. It's this iconic kind of badge. And you can sort of wear that. And it doesn't really matter if you know that it's a band. It's just a cool design. Maybe that's what we're missing. Like, because at the moment, our logo is the word Tofop. But maybe we need, like, a shield. Oh, you, an actual... A symbol. A symbol. To be a mortal will, right. we need to become a symbol. symbol. We need to become something bigger than a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we need to become an old, broken-down car. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't mind the idea of a Tofop logo because I mean, well, kind we kind of have the microphone, right? The, you know, the yeah, the broken microphone. Yeah, the broken microphone. So maybe we just need to pair back mm. the Tofop from the broken microphone and just have because the, the broken microphone is quite a cool symbol and it's very on brand for us. The idea of it being a broken microphone. You know, it's funny that not the artwork we have now, the current artwork, but the previous generation of the artwork, which was the more photorealistic drawing of you and I holding the broken microphone. Do you remember in the drafting period of that when Foz was sending us through the pen outlines of it? I was, I thought it was, a, I thought he was joking because the broken microphone looked like a penis. Like it, the way the microphone was broken looked like the head of a penis. You were like, you were like James, I know you're the <laughs> utmost professional and you'd never draw a penis in any of our artwork, but... It seems in this one occasion, you by, accident, you by accident, absent, you've just accidentally drawn a massive penis in there. Well, I remember I brought it up at the time and both you and Foz were like, oh, we don't see a penis. That's not a penis. Charlie, Louise, your mind at ha, 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 ha. Then I upload that video this week of me signing all the Tofop tour posters, which is a giant microphone. And Foz is like, holy shit, that is a giant dick. I was like, yes, that's what I've been saying the whole time. I agree. That occasionally, I think that James draws dicks so often that he occasionally draws dicks without realizing they're dicks. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think they're just subliminal dicks. I think also too, knowing James, I'm looking for dicks. <laughs> take right. that, take that line out of context. No, I know what you're saying. Like you just like you assume there will be a dick. Well, there's a like so he... occasionally Jeff Hook. You know, yes. Who I think you know, you can see the direct lineage between the work of Jeff Hook, Jeff Hook, the and way, the work of James Fosdyke. If we were doing this podcast back in the day, then there's no doubt the artwork would be done by Jeff Hook. And every time he did one of the episode descriptions, yeah, he would hide a little hook in there somewhere, much like James hides a little penis in there somewhere. Yeah. And occasionally, Jeff would just draw a hook accidentally and we'd be like it's really obvious the hook it's in between us yeah you've drawn a hook as a microphone no no that's just a hook sometimes a hook is just a hook and sometimes a cock is just a cock well i've been in foz's studio i've made a whole behind the scenes um video on him designing the artwork for an episode which you can find at tofop tv on youtube um and james literally to keep himself from getting bored he does hide dicks in the artwork but like really hides them so like if he's drawing a blue sky he'll draw a big blue dick and then color the rest in blue. So it sort of fades into the background. But 
like I would I would be interested to know if James had to do like a inventory, like how many hidden dicks are there in Tofop artwork? Do you think that he has a record of which ones have dicks and which don't have dicks? Well, my understanding of graphic design and the way I like to think that he has like file cards. Well, that's what I think, and he like. Oh, he has a drawer full of old cards and it just has each a note of which one is a dick and where the hidden dick is. Well, I know that if you go through, like, the way that I understand James Crate's artwork or people use um, the graphic design artwork is that it's layers. So you do, like, a background layer, you do, like, a foreground layer and stuff. So I imagine if he separated the layers, he could probably find the dicks. Do you think that if presented with an image, he would be able to immediately identify where the dick is? Would he have a dick detector? Well, he's done artwork for there's over 150 pieces yeah. of original art. So would he? Would there be any that he would just like without going to his files? Would he? Would there be any you think where he would just stare at it and go, "I do Straight not away. know where I've yeah hidden the." Dick. Well, the one I'm thinking of specifically is the North Star, which was the Thomas the Tank Engine one, where we talked about a guy having a badge on the end of his dick. So Thomas is like a very phallic-looking Thomas the Tank Engine, and that was the one that he showed me how he's hiding the dicks. He was drawing them in the bushes. He was drawing them in the sky, the clouds. There was like dicks everywhere. So, I mean, that might be like the go-to one because he put so many dicks in. But I don't know. Like it's a question for Foz. I'd be, be interested to know. Well, we should get him on. Now that we have the Roadcaster <laughs> Pro, we can actually get people onto this podcast. That's a good point. We should ask James these questions. Let's do that. Let's do that next time. But we're not going to do it uh, this week. Uh, you said you had something to talk about. I have two about. things. Oh, great. So the first, I, I'm going to go for this one first okay. because it's just happened tonight. Mm. I have got back to my house in Sydney and there was something missing from my house, Charlie. What is missing from my house? What, is it in your office or is it in the house house? It's something that is external to the house house oh. that somebody could take while I was away. Oh, you've bins. Somebody stole my green bin. They fucking will. I'm telling you, <laughs> it's a scourge. Look, before you get into your story, let me just quickly <laughs> tell you a little uh, uh, thing I've learned about. Um, also, you've heard my story. Someone stole my bin. Oh, that it? No, I, there's no investigation, no hunting down of teams. No, no, just tonight. Oh, you just I've literally got in home. And I was sweeping out the yard as I always do. Like I normally have a bad hour. But was it hour. in your like alcove where you keep your bin? So someone's come in your gate to take your green bin, or was it an opportunistic? Someone took it from the nature strip. From the nature strip or from the front yard? Either, right. either but, are but is easily it tuck, accessible. Is it, was it? Tucked away. Doesn't fit in the nook. Only okay. the smaller bins fit in the nook. The big green bin just sometimes and, is sitting in the. And is yard. anyone taking your bins out for you? Yes. Right. Okay. So it could be a misunderstanding. I mean, this is how bin gate started for me. It was a, it's a simple misunderstanding. A neighbour took my bin, and and then I did go to my next door neighbour, right. um, which was the most logical place because they have like an alcove that a big bin would fit in, and I checked in there alcove and there was no bin there and then i wandered up and down the street oh. and there was no obvious <laughs> signs of the bin i haven't done a well i'm getting emotional i'm so glad that, <laughs> that you are also doing this kind of shit 20 <clears throat> i well this is how i am different to you though so far i've just been like oh fuck okay i guess i'm gonna have to ring the council and get a new bin that's that's my predominant reaction to this i haven't gone on any intensive investigation i haven't like really proud the yard and tried to find out where it would be or get particularly upset by it but i just it is gone 
I my advice, having been through this so many times, is ring the council, get a new bin. Wait, I reckon wait <laughs> two weeks. I don't want to wait. I want to ring the council and get a new bin. But you don't know. Like the, a neighbour's just made a mistake. It's a, it'll it'll come back. What's and the then you're gonna have two green bins. Great. What's the worst thing that can <laughs> happen? I have I can green turn bins. one into a billy cart. <laughs> Get my management to sponsor it. Charlie, I'm not doing TOEFOP anymore. <laughs> I, I realised that it would actually be better if I came up with a billy cart. If I turned an old green bin into a billy cart. My name is William. It's on brand. I'll call it a willy cart. And I'll go in races and in one year I'll earn more money than I ever did out of the stupid fucking podcast. <laughs> in fact, I'll start a podcast about billy cart racing called Willy Cart. Um, I said to you, uh, I've had a bit of a... Uh, enlightenment moment about bins and waste because um, uh, Gemma and I are, are packing up some stuff we're moving uh, yeah. in a couple of uh, days and so I've been um, organizing rubbish removals and all this kind of stuff and you know how I've been complaining a lot about where the location of my apartment because it's near an alleyway people seem entitled to come just dump rubbish outside my face and really shits me and sometimes when I'm particularly annoyed I'll grab the rubbish and I'll like throw it randomly back down the alleyway like you know take it back you know uh but what I've come to realize today having gone through the process of booking a cleanup one of the questions they ask you is would you like to leave your rubbish at the front of your place or is there a designated location you'd like to leave the rubbish so what I'm thinking is that everyone who lives in my area when they're organizing as they're entitled to a council cleanup is like, you know what? It'll be easiest to put the rubbish out on the corner near the alleyway so the garbage truck can come by and pick up the rubbish. So my huffing and puffing and tossing people's hard rubbish back down the alleyway, assuming they're taking advantage of my the location of my apartment, I think is completely misguided. I think it's just a good spot for anyone in the area to organize a council cleanup. They're actually being socially responsible. Socially responsible. <laughs> They're not going to have a big garbage truck try and squeeze down a little alleyway. Imagine if they ring up the people and they say, "Look, this is the safest area. You know, we it's on, you know, it's easy pick up, easy access. You're not getting in the way of anybody else." And the people at the council are like, "Oh no, we can't leave it there. There is some dude who lives near there who will just completely move your shit." Toss it, but like I would toss it. I would pick it up and I would toss it down the alleyway, like the tosser. To make That's a... what we call him. We call him the tosser. It's like I was making a statement. Like that someone's going to come out and see their rubbish in the ground and go, oh my God, I must have angered someone. I but better the person's like, up. I'm sure there'd be nobody in my neighborhood who would do this. I'm perfectly entitled to do this. Oh yes, no. From our end, we would love it. We also believe it's the best place to pick things up. But this tosser, he will not have it. Well, the other thing I realized with doing this um, designated, uh, the, the entitled uh, designated council cleanup is that you have to list or itemize. These are the things that I'm going to be putting out. And so I think I was actually pretty accurate. You know, there's a couple of white goods and stuff like that. And then what I noticed, because they say, don't do it till 24 hours before pickup, you know, just so to stop people coming and throwing stuff on top. But what I noticed was all the original items I put out were gone mm -hmm. before the pickup, but they'd all been replaced <laughs> by other items. So it was like, there was the same, roughly the same number of yeah. things to pick up it Net just wide. wasn't the things that i picked up and in my head i'm like i wonder if the guys in the council cleanup will drive up and they'll pull out their printout and they'll go oh wait a minute it says washing machine here all i see is a bar fridge and like refuse to pick it up firstly i love your neighbors who are using the indiana jones method yes <laughs> that's exactly what they're doing secondly 
I this is not their first radio, the garbage guys. Right. Like the garbage guys have got to be used to this being like standard behavior. So they just ask you for the list for a laugh. You reckon? That the reason they get you to do a list is they've got a little thing going down at the co-op of how many different items can be substituted by the time that uh, <laughs> you go and pick up the thing. I don't think there was anything left. And the weird thing was too, one of the one this one guy got um uh, like a like you know there's always garbage pickers. This guy was inspecting it, and he was kind of annoyed at me because we had this dryer that's been broken for like a year, yeah. and it's old as a secondhand one, old and shitty. And and so um I got one of uh, my neighbors helped me carry it down, and put it on the street, and this guy came up and we cut the cord as you meant to do. Mm. This guy came up and said and like did a little cursory inspection, like you just need to replace the blah 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 on that, and I was like well. Go right ahead. And he's like, no, no, you just need to take it up. And I was like, mate, I'm not I going to. to. I don't want to. But, I've, I've made but my choice. You're on my than... list. I, you can consult this list, mate. He was so annoyed that yeah. I wouldn't like take his word for it and mate, just take do, it back Do I up. need to cut the cord again? Yeah. Because I'll fucking do it in front of you, mate. It was so weird. And then I came back like 10 minutes later and it was gone. And I assumed that this guy like, probably, right. I imagined his wife's at home and she's like, oh, fuck, not another dry. He's like, mate. The bloke wouldn't, the, the young fella wouldn't listen to me. I said to him. I said, all you got to do <laughs> is take him back upstairs and... Wouldn't it be great if I go upstairs to the laundry and it's back? He's replaced the little yeah, doobie whacker. It, in. Broken into <laughs> your house while you're, while you're here. While you're here tonight, he's broken into your house and reinstalled it. Yeah, he was an odd chap. Okay, second thing. Second thing. Um, I've often wondered and we've often speculated mm. on whether conversations that we have on this podcast about movies we'd like to see and just mm. different ideas we have could actually be made into a movie. And I now know definitively oh, yes. the answer is yes. Because last night I watched a movie that Amy and I were watching it and she turned to me and I'd already had this thought, but it just wasn't one of those things I was going to say out loud. But then she said it. She said, this movie is just like one of the dumb conversations you would have on your podcast. <laughs> she said, even the name of the movie, she said, I can see the Fosdyke poster for the episode. She said, this movie is like, it stars somebody that we talk about, that we're interested in on this podcast. Like it is, it, it has blown my mind. Do you know what movie I'm speaking? Of? All right, let me start with the, yeah. the star. Yeah. So Good. I think it's got to be one of three. So it's either Adam Sandler, The Rock, or Jared Leto. Okay. So we do talk about those people a lot, and I understand why you oh, would okay. go there. You've got to go a bit more lateral. It's somebody that you were. We, we are both fans of. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Kevin, Kevin not, Smith. Not so much recently, but there is some historical love for him and his work despite the fact that he has proved himself not to be the greatest of all human beings oh oh shit uh, just so John, many people <laughs> louis dk bill cosby joss whedon uh, <laughs> woody allen um someone oh uh, john cleese no oh, no not john cleese uh J.K. Rowling. <laughs> think a character that you absolutely love oh mel gibson it's, mel gibson is it the santa movie the santa movie which is called Fat Man. Fat Man, right. Amy was like, even you guys love Batman and it's called <laughs> Fat Man. I was like, I know, honey. I understand that we are now in a different universe and I am watching a movie based on one of our dumb ideas because everything about this movie 
feels like it was made by us. Really? Like, yes. Like, firstly, it's not that good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's... So this is the premise of the movie. What if we just made a movie about Santa, except we made it like a kind of drama action movie, like a dark comedy, but not really winking to the comedy that much, just like playing it. Like, let's do the story of Santa as an action movie. So this is basically the movie. So Mel Gibson is Santa, Chris Kringle, right? And in this universe, he's like a real life dude. Mm -hmm. Never really explained how he has this like, you know, legion of elves. First thing I'll say okay. to say, yes, spot on in Topop Universe, gritty reboot. Like that yep. was one of the earliest tropes of Topop, gritty well, reboot. Well, this is 100% a gritty reboot. It's essentially like we came on the podcast and said, let's gritty reboot Santa. And the fact that we're even saying Santa, that. Santa, a gritty reboot. I mean, it's called Fat Man. The reason that was a trope when we started the show was because that was such a popular trend in cinema at the time. The fact that this film 10 years later is trotting out something that we were making fun of 10 years ago is not a good sign. So Mel Gibson is Santa. Um, Chris Kringle living in Alaska. And what he does is... Does Santa exist in this universe? Santa exists in this universe. And as like the the fat jolly white guy or just this version of Santa? Um, Does the mythology of Santa like... You know, his red and white The suit mythology and... of Santa exists in the same way as it exists in our universe. And Chris Kringle, Mel Gibson, is disillusioned. He's he's essentially got that sort of wild man living in Alaska, uh, really frustrated about the fact that Christmas isn't about what it used to be about. It's gotten and, too commercial. And there's too many kids getting coal. He's, you know, no, like he, he, he's not even caring about checking his naughty list. Why am I delivering presents to Jewish kids anyway? <laughs> like, I don't believe in, I don't believe in any of this. All right, I Chris. Like sugar biscuits. <laughs> I like sugar tits. I've said it a million times. <laughs> so, uh, so he's living up in Alaska and essentially he's a, like a, a delivery guy, a fulfillment guy. And he is this way of like making toys and then fulfilling the orders essentially is the premise. So, he has magical powers of some kind. He okay. has super strength and like, but he has this, uh, uh, like essentially what is revealed is that like he can get around the world or whatever on, you know, Christmas night, but they never really go into how that happens. And so he's just sort of living wild man, you know, big bushy beard, um, being disillusioned and angry about kids. But still he's got this like sweatshop. <laughs> Of elves. Oh, my God. So there's these elves who barely sleep. All they eat is fucking sugar because they need to, like, you know, oh, keep getting calories drug. in. And he's essentially just drugging these elves like they're eating cake and what sugar do they look and stuff. Like? I mean, at one stage... Okay, so here's the premise. He's out of money, basically. Like, they just can't, you know, they're, they're not, like, shipping enough toys to cover the fulfillment or whatever the fuck's going on. And so the military come to him and, like, we know you've got this amazing, like group of workers and you have this capacity to like obviously deliver things um we want them to like you know make bombs or whatever like so, yeah, so. Fucking hell. <laughs> so this is like a top first draft so the military come in for two months they basically santa hires out the elves for two months to the military to like you know cover some costs and whatever and that's like his moral dilemma about whether he will do that or whatever but then the military are so excited by this sweatshop of like elves they have these highly skilled elves who are good at making military equipment and they make them cut the bells off their toes so they all wear those like elf yeah. shoes with like a bells on the toes and the military are like no nah, no nah, this is all military now so you're gonna have to cut your 
as in to fit in with the uniform or to be more like discreet kind of yeah not to set off the sensors ah, okay, the, like right. you know they've got to come in through metal detectors yeah, the, and shit the now. black ops kind yeah, of thing exactly yeah off the books and so then it's just literally this story about this like enigmatic sort of i imagine 12 or 13 year old but this like super rich kid yeah who has walter goggins as his like personal hitman right so this rich kid like loses some science competition like early on and he sends in walton goggins uh, to go and shake down this like 11 year old girl and right. make it say that she's cheated on this thing <laughs> and whatever. It's like real brutal. Like, and, and he hates Santa. So he hires Walter Goggins to go and kill Santa, basically, is the premise of the movie. What's the satirical angle of the kid? There is none. No. I mean, he's got to be representing something. Is, he, no. is, is capitalism. No. no. Really? They don't go that deep? They do not go that deep. Not even a cheap one. He's Donald Trump. Like that would be the obvious one. He's got blonde hair and no, he's okay. got dark hair. Right. So the, okay. So he's just a kid who hates Santa. Just hates Santa. And did they give any backstory, or is that revealed later? Uh he got. Uh, I think he got like a, a lump, lump of coal, coal or whatever. Okay, and turned him into a psychopath. Yeah. And so is he? He's like Richie Rich. He. he yeah, but an evil Richie Rich. He runs an empire. Like for some reason, he's a CEO or something. I'm imagining he's in a suit. He's in a suit. Oh fucking hell. <laughs> We did write this. You and I fell asleep, recorded an episode of, uh, of Tofop, sent it to Hollywood, forgot about it. Um, okay. All right. So. Uh, so like at, w- at one stage, Walter Goggins is like, I got to get the fat man. You know what I mean? That's yeah. that's the tone of the movie. Yeah. But the whole time you're like, you're expecting them to play it a bit more for comedy, but it's not really well, that's what I was for comedy. going to ask. Even like, though it's it comedic. It's definitely not... serious. And it, but it's a, it's a satire. I mean, it has I to mean, be. I mean, of of sorts of what though yeah <laughs> correct because it sounds like an action movie with satirical mm. overtones like for instance you know like the, the best paul verhoeven like a robocop or, or right. something like that where it's like the premise is robocop it's a dumb action movie but there's so much social commentary and like smart layering but they chose not to go in that direction okay. here's what i would do i would start with robocop and then I would lower your expectations as Starship Troopers, and then I would keep lowering your expectations of what satire is going on. So there's none. I don't think there is. I kept looking for it, and I couldn't find it. Well, the way I think- other than the actual premise of the movie. Well, that's what. If gonna- you buy the idea that it's satirical to make like a a dark Christmas, so there's Santa n- movie. No comment on like the sweatshop working conditions, you know, violating the UN or anything like that. No, and that there are areas there that are ripe for social commentary. Yeah, and that's part of the reason they keep introducing these things where you go, yeah, that would be an interesting social commentary if you explored that at all. But Not they don't really even like Chris Kringle's cursory sort of disgruntled, you know, disillusionment with the meaning of Christmas is barely explored. So I think you can tell with films that like this, where it's like, it's a big, a high concept idea, whether or not they're going for satire or, or they just don't know what they're doing is, do they put more attention on the action oh, I thought scenes? you were going to say, do they put Mel Gibson? <laughs> yeah. It does there seem to be more attention on the action scenes, like the shoot 'em ups and stuff like that, than the kind of social commentary. Like, do they try and make them exciting and stuff, or do they make them ridiculous? You like know what Paul it looked. You know what it looked like. I, I, the best thing, the way I could describe the tone of it. And by the way, I didn't dislike this movie. <laughs> I don't think it was a great movie, but I didn't dislike it. I found it actually quite entertaining. Right. And 
it felt like you know in the movie they'll have examples of like fake movies and they'll play yeah. like a preview of a fake movie and it'll be like you know mel gibson is santa claus yeah. and then it's, it's like the start you know, of tropic going, thunder and yeah right <laughs> yeah. It, it literally played like one of those made into an actual movie because that was the vibe of it. Like, if you watch the preview on Tropic Thunder, you would just see, like, you know, yeah. you know, Mel Gibson is Santa Claus, disgruntled with kids, and like, you know, shooting it, like, blah blah blah. And then Walter Goggins would be like, "We gotta get the fat man, fat man." You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, it's kind of like remember, but when, they made that into a movie for ninety minutes. Remember when um, uh, uh, Tarantino was bringing out his Grindhouse double feature yes. with Rodriguez, and then that became this kind of like meme where people were making their own grindhouse trailers and there's, I think they've been running a competition at one stage and some of them were so great, the trailers that they actually did get turned into films of middling success. So it's like, I completely understand that, that film I imagine could have been that classic Hollywood pitch where it's just the one line of like Mel Gibson is Santa Claus or something like that. Santa Claus, Mel, Santa Claus is Rambo or something like that. Because I think there was a kids film that came out, like an animated film a few years ago where it was a similar kind of thing where Christmas characters had to spring Santa Claus out of prison or something and he'd been doing like heaps of push-ups and new martial arts and was throwing exploding candy canes and stuff. So I think that there... But that animated one seemed to have more satirical commentary, you know, around like the myth of Santa. But this one sounds like a straight up... Like what is it? What genre would you put it in? It was action adventure on the description on iTunes right. or whatever we watched it on. And do you agree with that description? I feel like they they hesitated about writing comedy. Yeah. I feel like there was a few drafts where they would have written comedy and then watched the movie and then taken comedy back off again. Like, because you think this yeah. has got to be a comedy and there is some comedic lines in it, but I don't think it is a comedy. It's unlike... It is an episode of this podcast made into a movie. That is that is actually what it felt like. So what have did you read up on it afterwards? Do other people like it? Has it done well? It's I mean I've like heard a of it. 43% on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, so, so very lukewarm mm. response. And you think that's a fairly accurate. That's a about a 43%er? Yeah. yeah. And I think those 43% were like me looking for something else in there. <laughs> uh well, let's get to some mail. Okay. Uh, we, uh, we've finished our Macho Fop. I know that a lot of people have sent in some entries, but that door has closed. Um, well, you say finished, and it reminds me oh, yeah. of a man called Elias. Oh, yes. Who was uh, kicked by the biggest horse in, in all, all of Norway. Norway. Um, so uh, tell me this. Uh, we got some correspondence from Elias. Yep. Elias uh, got in contact, and we asked for photos last week. So he supplied us with two photos that we will put up on the socials. One is of the biggest horse in all of Norway and one is of Elias and the smallest horse. I don't know if it's the smallest horse in all of Norway because he didn't use that qualifier. But you, I showed it to you tonight and you were like, yeah, that looks like a big horse. My issue with it, and Elias, if you're listening and you have some alternative angles, is there's nothing in the foreground to compare it to. You think it's forced he's cheated it? No, no, I'm not accusing him you of anything. You think it could be the small horse and he's just taken a <laughs> close-up photo? He's just got on a real low angle. He's dressed it in like vertical stripes <laughs> to make it look tall, spiked up its mane. No, I just, I, I, it, look, it looks like a big solid horse. But um, if you have any photos where there's a human standing next to it or like... Uh, and not uh, the smallest human in all of Norway, by the way. We want... <laughs> 
If you have a photo of the biggest and the smallest horse together, I want to see that because that would be adorable. Uh, this bit of mail, though, Will, comes in from yes. Alan. And the subject line is beers on Home and Away. Hi, boys. Hope you're both well. My wife and I noticed something while watching Home and Away. I suppose we could Google it, but I'd rather get your insider knowledge. When the cast are drinking beers at home or in the restaurant, it's either in a glass from a non or, or from a non-branded bottle. But whenever you see Alf with a beer, he always has a bottle of VB. I've never seen another character with a VB, only Alf. Does Ray Ma have it written to his contract that he only sups VB? Um, I don't know if it's written to his contract, but I think that is a stipulation. He just doesn't like the taste of the fake beer. So his request that every time there's a, a beer scene, he drinks VB and he thinks that's uh, what Alf Flame and Stewart would drink. I think, I, yeah, I, I reckon Ray Imagine Ma if it was like some... Yeah, punchy craft, <laughs> craft beer or something like that. He goes, hint of you, vanilla. Do you have anything with mango? <laughs> this uh, is from another Alan. Hey, Charlie and Will. As a bus operator mm. during the pandemic months, thankfully my work hours were not affected. Good. However, with limited patronage, I was looking for something to listen to to help pass the many hours and lonely drive time. I stumbled across this little podcast called Tofop, starting at episode one. Ooh. I caught up to the current episode last night. Listening to 10 years of two mates chatting about anything and everything in about a four-month period was like being in my own time machine or a bus. <laughs> I was just wondering how comfortable you guys would be traveling in a driverless bus, car, boat, or plane. Thanks for keeping me entertained during this time and apologies to my passengers for the occasional uncontrollable fits of laughter your driver was experiencing. Keep up the good work. Driverless vehicles. Um I would want to wait yes. for a fair while. Well, didn't Uber just bail out of their driverless just, fleet? Here's my problem. is Driverless vehicles are going to rely on internet, right? Mm -hmm. And there's just nothing that's convinced me so far that the internet is reliable enough to, you know, have a grid of driverless vehicles. There might be some specific places, but I'd want a fair amount of evidence before I... Plus, you know, why would we put people out of jobs who can... Drive a bus. Yeah. I don't know. I think it would have to be like an exceptional experience the first time. Like, you know, you would just, it'd have to be so convenient that I'd be like, well, this is worth the risk of not having a human driver. Like, because that's how I've applied. Yeah, every, that's how they'll get you. Well, yeah, but every, they'll make everything else really inconvenient and they'll make the driverless one really convenient. I've always said, like, I'm happy to pay for anything mm. if it makes things more convenient. But if the car pulls up and it's just as slow as a human driver and, you know, there's no... What Charlie wants is no human driver and also it going really fast. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> what I want. I want Will's billy cart. Will's green bin billy cart. The green bin pulls up <laughs> Supercharged. No driver. Uh, Jocelyn writes in, What's up, gentlemen? Just wanted to say a quick thanks. My boyfriend and I are massive trivia buffs and love going to local quiz nights. Mm. Last night, along with a few friends, we were at a weekly trivia outing and doing fairly well when a question came up that stumped everyone. How many NBA championships did Michael Jordan win? You didn't an answer to that? Uh, six. Normally, I'm not a sports person, but in the back of my brain, the number six jumped out at me. I wrote it down. We waited in anticipation to the answer, and it was six. I would never have known this if it hadn't been from listening to your pod on a weekly basis on my drive to and from Brisbane. So thank you very much for the random facts now floating around in my head. 
We didn't end up winning overall, but my own personal victory for answering that question got me through the night. I look forward to many more victories in the future. <laughs> I wouldn't hold out too six. much, right? Yeah. Hopefully six. I didn't know the difference between 11 and 12 last week. <laughs> now, if someone would just ask how many metres of tubing are in a testicle... Oh, fuck. Forgot about that one. Yeah, I'm sorry about that, Jocelyn. Okay, this is from Tyler. Alex Van Halen. Hey, guys. Uh, not only did Alex and Eddie, remember we talked about them last week, uh, two, three, four, four weeks ago, pre-Macho Fop. Not only uh, Alex and did Alex and Eddie switch instruments, as the story goes, during their youth, Alex is by, is by far more than a hardbeat anthem drummer a la ACDC. Just listen to his work on Get Up. We will. And you will see the driving maturity of his talent. If he was behind anyone other than his brother, he would be the focus of the band. He is my dream band drummer. Uh, dream band drummer. <laughs> that being said, would the two assemble? Uh, would the two assemble a dream band? Four me- That being said, would the two assemble a dream band? Four members, flexible number of musicians that you love. So he wants us to assemble yes. a dream band. Even better if they don't. For reference. Mine would be David Coverdale on vocals from White Snake, Brian May from Queen on guitar, uh, Bootsy Collins on bass, got to have some funk, and uh, and Mr. The Alex Van Halen on the throne. Much love, fellas. Uh, who's your super group? That's a hard question. Um, okay, I'm going to start with the drums. I'm going to have... Uh, Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl <laughs> on drums, and then Dave Grohl on lead vocals, Dave Grohl <laughs> on guitar. Uh, no, Dave, Dave Grohl on the drums. Okay, so if you've got Dave Grohl on the drums, it's got to be a rock man. So I'm going to yeah. have like... No, a, but I think you can bring in like a rapper. Like oh, yeah, okay. You can make it new metal. Killer, killer metal Mike. Metal. So Killer right, Mike, Dave Grohl, Killer Mike. Well, why don't you do more like a Linkin Park thing where you've got a guy yeah. who sings and a guy who raps. Yeah, I'm there happy with that. Tom York. Oh, yeah. Tom a, York. I'm liking the sound of this Killer band. Mike, Dave Grohl, and... Need a bass player. Uh, Kim Gordon, Kim Gordon, Sonic Youth. She plays the bass, yeah. Right? And lead guitar. Um, lead guitar is. What about Tom Morello? Oh, you're not he, bad, he, but I just he feel too, like he sounds gonna, too much like yeah, Rage and Audio Slave. Yeah, I think so. No, um, lead guitar. Who's my favourite lead guitar? Slash in the world. Too distinct again. Too distinct again. Yeah. No, I want someone who's like. Johnny Marr. Yeah, Johnny Marr's Johnny Marr would do it. He's available. <laughs> uh, this is from Sleepy Guy. Uh, Patreon content, two colon fop. It seems like good timing that I was listening back to this old episode at the same time as the new ASMR, I should say, ASMR video came out on Patreon. But you mentioned an old episode somewhere in the early 200s after a letter from a listener that you might make some Patreon content for those like me who, who would like to listen to you as we fall asleep. Just writing to say it'd be awesome if you did that. Maybe you can read some random Wikipedia pages or something. Um, well, that's a good reason to plug our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash and you can find the ASMR video that Sleepy Guy is talking about. I have been racking my brain the last few weeks thinking about because uh, I have some time now of what other video content people would like to see. Uh, you know, is it TOEFOP related or, you know, something else? I mean, if you have some suggestions, please send them through because I'm happy to make some good content if you guys want it. I mean, this this sleepy guy uh, uh, go to sleep videos would be easy enough, but is that just going to serve like four people? I'm, I'm looking for kind of like 
mainstream appeal amongst our Patreon subscribers. Yeah, you would need something. Like, would it be like an oral history of Tofop where I can revisit some, you know, tell some behind the scenes, behind the music of Tofop? I mean, I quite like that. I quite like that. And take some listener submissions. What was the story behind this? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I mean, then I could do like a little three, four minute video that explains the, the story behind it. Yeah. Behind the Tofop. Behind the Tofop? Yeah. Behind the BTT. BTT. All right. Well, that's it. If you guys like that, maybe we'll run a poll on Twitter. If you want some BTT. What, what number? What num- What's your number? What's your magic number you need? Um, A hundred. Okay. A hundred. I, I, like, think... I like the way you've lowered well, I think... your expectations. Well, let's see. I think we have on the Tofop Patreon, at least, I think there's like 1,200 patrons. Mm. So 10%, so 120. Okay. That seems like yeah, worth that it, right. don't you reckon? This is from Julia. Uh, two colon fop, Ari Charlie dreams of a good haircut. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure if you've listened to the latest episodes, but I'm very happy with my haircut now. I think I, I judged that hairdresser too quickly. I think I needed to grow into the haircut. He was trying to teach me a lesson, Will, about patience. I mean, it feels like a lot of your stories have a similar theme. <laughs> me jumping the gun. I think I need to go back to therapy. Um, I will and Charlie, friendly cosmetologist here, not a doctor. Sounds like you are, though, a cosmetologist. Yeah. If you told me that it was a doctor, I wouldn't doubt it. I'd be cosmetologist. Like out of space. (laughs) Uh, With a tantalizing tidbit of advice for Charlie regarding his barbershop struggle saga. Firstly, I agree that Charlie should upgrade from a barber to a hairstylist, which Mm. is your suggestion. A stylist might be more inclined to understand what you mean when you say the dad from the OC. (laughs) And I also need to say that I've upgraded... Um, that look as well because I watched um, Palm Springs on Amazon Prime the yep. new Andy Samberg uh, Groundhog Day movie I liked it did you like it? I don't f- it's not a perfect no, film I, but I, I, it didn't, I didn't feel it brought anything new to the genre no but it was entertaining it was entertaining yeah I didn't I, I liked it but I didn't love it um, but Sandy Cohen is in that and his hair is still looks great and he's much older than I am now but I think that that's probably more the Sandy Cohen of the OC it's a little dated. I'd look like I was in like a Nickelback yeah. cover band or something. It's not about his character. It's literally about him. him. I want to the be Sandy Cohen. You Peter Gallagher. Yeah. I don't really know that much about him. I just think he seems like a charming older man. Mm-hmm. Silver Fox. Anyway, uh, secondly, when in doubt, bring in a picture. Hair people are visual creatures. And if you aren't the spitting image of Peter Gallagher when you leave the chair you'll know that at least you did your best. I've been listening to your podcast for years. You two dudes have got me through many long road trips and sessions of rage cleaning. Keep up the good work. Julia from Los Angeles. Whoa, an American. Well, when it comes to comics. Peter Gallagher. Gallagher. Yeah. Uh, has a very distinctive middle name. Well, if you had to guess what Peter Gallagher's what begin with? middle name, it begins with a K. Oh. But it sounds like it could be another name that like... Uh. Is it is it like uh, ethnic in origin, like Greek or something? Yeah, uh, it... it feels more Irish or something. Oh, to like me. Kieran. It, yes, like Kieran, but not Kieran. Ah, uh, what is it? It's something you could put in the name of afterwards. Like Peter Gallagher. Yeah, why would he have a Greek middle name? It's the most <laughs> Peter... Irish sounding fucking name. Yes, <laughs> Peter Stavros Gallagher. <laughs> Peter Killian. All oh, right, as in Killian Murphy. Killian, but spelt with a K. Yeah, Killian in the name of Gallagher. Um. <laughs> Born August 19, 1955. He's an American actor, musician, and writer. Since 1980, Gallagher has played roles in numerous Hollywood films. He's best known 
It's starring as Sandy Cohen in the television. Sorry, hang on. I'm just catching up to this. Yep. Did you say he was born in 55? 1955. He's 22 years old. So he's 65. Yeah. He looks incredible. Yeah. Keep going. His hair looks very good in this picture. His hair looks 35. Know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, best known as Sandy Cohen from the OC. Yeah. Uh, all right, here we go. What else? Deputy Chief William Dodds on Law and Order, Special Victims yeah. Unit. Uh, he was in Californication, Grace and Frankie, blah, blah, blah. Let's find out. Just I believe he's also a song and dance man. I believe he uh, did Broadway for a number of years doing Guys and Dolls. Gallagher appeared on Broadway with Glenn Close in Tom Stoppart's The Real Thing <sighs> and made his feature film debut in the Taylor Hackford film The Idol Maker. But first achieved fame for his role in Steven Soderbergh's Sex, Lies and Videotape. Holy shit, he's in Sex, Lies and Videotape. He's the yuppie boyfriend. He also starred as Sky Masterton in the 1992 Broadway hit revival of Guys, Guys and, and Dolls. Dolls. Gallagher played a potential uh, career threat to Tim Robbins' studio executive in The Player, oh, of yes. course. The comatose fiancé of Sandra Bullock in While You Were Sleeping. Oh, Yes. A real estate salesman having an affair with Annette Benning in the American, Amer in American Beauty. Beauty. The media executive of Mr. Deeds. A political reporter exposing media ethics during the presidential debate in The Last Debate. Wait, uh, wait in real life? The Last Debate? Or is that a movie? Um, That's a pretty good career. Yeah, a big Broadway career. Um, all right, let's see just anything about his personal life. He was born in New York City. His mother, Marianne Nee O'Shea, was a Greek, <laughs> clearly Greek <laughs> from the Greek O'Shea's, was a bacteriologist. And his father, Thomas Francis Gallagher Jr., was an advertising executive. Gallagher is the youngest of his three children. He's of what background? Irish, Italian. I, again, I don't know why he keep trying to. Because <laughs> no, he's got very swan. I mean, I guess the he's got the similar black Irish looks to me. Yeah. Like that. So, uh, yeah. what would the answer be? Irish, Irish, uh, uh, Irish Catholic, Catholic right. background. Um, <laughs> uh, he was in a male a cappella group. Shooby dooby boo shooby dooby doo what was the name oh, no. of the all-male a cappella group? It is a pun. Yeah. A pun on what? It's a pun on something that is religious, but it's quite a naughty pun. So if he's gone to a Catholic university yeah. or whatever, and the male a cappella group, they're a bit fun. <laughs> they're trying to... Uh, it, does the pun also include singing or music or have some kind of musical... It sounds musical, but it doesn't have a strict musical pun in it. Right. I don't think. And it's naughty and it's relating to saying... Yeah. Um, uh, the Prayer Naked Boys? <laughs> no? Not that edgy. <laughs> uh, it's a comical nickname for somebody who is a bad character in the Bible. Uh, Judas. No. No? Oh. Um, a bad character in the Bible? Yeah. It's the devil? Satan? Yeah. Satan the devil. So it's a, a, a fun... One of what? one of the devil's more fun names. A Beelzebub? The Beelzebubs. Ah, that yep. is controversial yep. for an Irish Catholic. Mm. Was that at high school or college, do you say? Uh, it seems that this was in a, a university. Wouldn't it a be university, amazing? Touch University, which I imagine might I be. would love to think that at the mm. first rehearsal for the Beelzebubs, mm. they actually inadvertently did summon Satan. 
and he offered and them. That, that's why Peter Gallagher has his career. Looks. No, I was going to say his looks. Oh yeah, but and his career. Yeah, like he's like Satan's like give your soul, pledge yeah. your soul to me, and I will give you a career in entertainment young, and the and best hair. By the way, <laughs> you should see your hair. <laughs> <laughs> Satan, like a hairdresser, just holds up a mirror behind his head and goes, "See that? You like that? Is it a picture of you from the future that you could have? Look at this hair. <laughs> I'll take it. I'd fucking take it for sure. You're in your sixties, and this is what you look like. <laughs> Where do I sign?" says Peter Killian Gallagher. Uh, all right, that's all. All right. Uh, well, let's wrap it up. That's uh, this is the second to last TOEFOP. You may have um, heard me mention to podcast, Mike. The second last uh, TOEFOP of 2020. We've got some stuff planned for the break, so you're not going to be devoid of content. We're going to put together some clip shows and a few other things, and there will be other episodes of our other podcasts, Philosophy and FOFOP and Two Guys, One Cup. In fact, well, who's on Philosophy this week? Uh, Zoe Coombs Ma, uh, her show Bossy Bottom, which you can watch on Amazon Prime. You can just, if you're not a person who wants to give Amazon any money, you can sign up to Prime for a month free and watch a whole bunch of stuff. And then, oh, by the way, mm. can I just say, we did uh, reads for a show called Ted Lasso. Oh, yeah. Um, that, that, we, that we got wrong really. so many times. I think I was saying Ted Lasso. Yeah. And then you also, you were mispronouncing Jason Sudeikis. Oh, Jason Sudeikis, yeah. Like right. we did about 50 Ted, versions. Jason Sudeikis in Ted Lasso. Honestly, we got so much feedback going, no. Nope. And like to Do the point again. where we had to get them to give us a recording that we could listen to <laughs> so that we could get this ad read right. I watched that show the other day and I fucking loved it. Okay. One, of, one of my favorite shows of the year, without a doubt. Great. Loved it. It's so much better than I thought it was going to be. Like, I know that when we were doing those ads, we, you know, gave it a good old sell, but this is a unpaid plug for a, a post, post, posthumous yeah well they're not, they're not, not dead. dead but um the ad is if you like if you like sports at all you don't need to like sports but if you like sports at all but it is a very offbeat comedy like it's actually quite unexpected the comedy in it i really enjoyed it anyway ted lasso check it out jason sudakis uh and if you're listening to two guys one cup this week you'll hear lynn mcgranger home and away zone lynn mcgranger who's a mad swan support i really loved chatting with lenny i think a lot of people uh they see her as irene on home and away and they don't actually uh, get to see her full personality but she is an absolute classic i love lynn so she's talking about the sydney swans on two guys one cup this week and justin's on faux fop so another justin hamilton faux fop all right as well uh, so that's it well, one to go oh, you know what Justin and I do on this faux fop? we what? did it a week ago but you'll appreciate this we went track by track through the album Choose 1985 <laughs> and what a just journey that was <laughs> into our musical past uh, you can also go to redbubble.com to get the t-shirts that are, I have worn tonight and that uh, uh, podcast Mike was wearing that you can't see but there's lots of great stuff there and it is a really uh, good way to support not just the show but also James Fosdyke who does a lot of great work for us uh, but for now I'm Charlie Clawson I'm Will Anderson Podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want, it's up to you.